Well, a happy History Hump Day to all you queer history enthusiasts. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Julian Rushbrook. For today's topic, I thought we might look to a queer icon who was an activist to the very fiber of her being. Her vibrance was sadly snuffed out far too early. But despite that, I think that she's someone to not only be admired, but as a teacher, she opened our minds to see the world from a different perspective. Her name is Stacy Park Milburn. She was a disability activist. When I found out about her, I just had to cover her life for an episode. For most people in the world, the issue of accessibility is rarely an issue that we have to face. And now I'll kind of tell you a little personal story about myself. A little over a year ago, I had to have a surgery, and it opened up my eyes very quickly. From falling in the disabled bathroom stall because there were no handrails, to having to go to a completely different grocery store because the last two handicapped parking spaces were being taken up by one pickup truck that felt entitled to take up both spaces. I mean, it really did open up my eyes to the challenges that people with disabilities face on a daily basis. In my case, it was a rather minor affair. The inconveniences that I experienced were limited to just a few months until I was able to get around the world and stuff the way I used to before. For many folks with disabilities, there is no getting back to normal. Their everyday existence is normal. The issue for them is that the world is just not built with them in mind. Too often, infrastructure is built with the assumption that everyone who may use it is going to have perfect vision, hearing, and bodily mobility. A building with only stairs assumes everyone can climb them. The ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, was signed into law in 1990. But even with all of the protections and mandates listed within it, there are still gaping holes. And these holes restrict where people live, work, and yes, use the restroom. Stacy Park Milburn was born in Seoul, South Korea on the 19th of May, 1987. Her father, Joel, was a white American man in the army and he was stationed there in Korea where he met her mother Jean Park, a Korean national. Stacy was born with congenital muscular dystrophy, or CMD. It's a genetic disease wherein usually both parents will have a recessive gene that increases the likelihood that the disease will affect a child that they have together. Oftentimes, children with muscular dystrophy will have little muscle tone and be unsteady or be slow to roll over, sit up, and other kinds of very early childhood milestones. Most of Stacy's childhood happened in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, 
It's here that her condition first began to manifest early in her grade school period. She was unsteady on her feet, and there was an incident where she fell in the restroom at school during, during her fourth grade year. Other little girls came into the room and continued talking amongst themselves and were oblivious to Stacy's plight. It was then that she realized that she lived in a totally different reality. While the other girls were discussing boys and bras and all these girly things, she was sat on the floor in a stall trying to figure out just how to get back up. As she matured, the usual pattern of increased independence that most of us take for granted that happens as you enter adolescence became harder to achieve than it would for her peers. Her means of getting around the world was with a wheelchair, and the struggles with trying to get through everyday life had her becoming a full-fledged disability activist by the time she was only 16 years old. She became the community outreach director of the National Youth Leadership Network. A little later, she founded the North Carolina Leadership Forum and Disabled Young People's Collective. If I stopped right here, all of this would already be quite impressive for someone who could not legally vote yet, but more was yet to come. Her hard work was recognized in 2004 by the then governor of North Carolina, Michael F. Easley, who was a Democrat whose governorship was from 2001 to 2009. Governor Easley appointed Milburn to the statewide Independent Living Council, where she served for six years. This time overlapped for two years with her work with the North Carolina Commission for the Blind. Her work in leadership helped to mandate North Carolina to begin instruction on disability awareness in its public schools. A year later, in 2005, she established the disability justice movement as an intersectional approach to achieving access for people of color, the LGBTQIA community, and other groups that are often marginalized. In 2007, she helped in crafting the legislation that recognized October as Disabilities Awareness and History Month. While all of this was going on, she had been writing a blog that was titled Crip Chick at WordPress. It would later get its own website, which sadly no longer exists. You can still check out her blog on WordPress to get a better sense of her passion to reshape the world through education and activism. In her About Me section of her blog, she spells out her life perfectly. Just your everyday queer disabled Korean girl living in the South. I admit to being a disability culture nerd who loves making buttons, writing poetry, and exploring intersections between communities, particularly within a radical women of color feminist framework. And baking. My new love consists of pastries and pies. In her blog, she records poems and memories, from talking about her desire to enter the polling place to vote rather than having curbside voting, to a poem dedicated to two women whose horizons are opened by the reality of Barack Obama's inauguration as the first American president of color. There are also poignant essays to murdered trans women of color. Then as now it seems, 
that the horrors faced by this community often go underreported. If only their deaths could be not only reported by the media in the same ways as everyone else's is, but also if only there would be no need to do so because these women would no longer be the targets for violent acts of hatred. I think that's something we all need to take up to try to fight for. She was not a fan of being looked upon with pity. Jerry Lewis's annual muscular dystrophy telethon came under fire from her, as she accused it of promoting a pity-based view toward disabilities. She would also call out the mainstream disability movements for sidelining people of color as well as gender non-conforming people. Stacy would graduate from North Carolina's Methodist University in 2009. This would be the beginning of another chapter in her life, as she would go from the East Coast of the United States to the West. At the age of 24, she moved to the San Francisco Bay Area. A large reason for this relocation was the ease of access to everyday things in that community. San Francisco was historically a fulcrum for disability activism, as well as LGBTQIA activism. And so it was a much more accessible place for her to get around and go about living. It had been one of her concerns for some time that having independence while also needing assistance with eating, using the restroom, and even sleeping would be an either-or situation. To live comfortably, would she have to rely on her parents, who would not be supportive of her queer identity? Or would she be independent, but having to constantly struggle for the basics of life? The Bay Area offered her the best of both worlds, the city provided generous assistance, such as at-home caregivers, allowing her to then go on and get her MBA at Oakland, California's Mills College in 2015. She also was able to work in the Human Resources Department for a bank. It was much more freedom than she would have had if her only option had been a nursing home. She turned her activism now toward the medical community. When she was younger, she had had to have many surgeries, or at least that is what various doctors had told her. Were all of her surgical procedures necessary? She wanted doctors to change their focus and remove their biases. In an interview that she gave on Vimeo, she said it perfectly. Is medicine about quality of life? Or is it about social control and perpetuating this idea of a good body. When efforts were underway to try and repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act, she went to bat, comparing her current freedoms in California, where generous assistance was provided, over her struggles in North Carolina that lacked such in-home care and other subsidized health care initiatives. Her work was recognized in the nation's capital, when President Obama appointed her in 2014 to the President's Committee for People with Intellectual Disabilities, PCPID. There, 
she offered her assistance in creating better policies with the President and the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Stacy would work with the Obama administration for two years. In 2019, wildfires were raging across California. A situation that seems to be yearly now. But at the time, it was unprecedented. And PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, the California utility company, shut off the electricity for thousands of homes in the state as the fires were being fought. Stacy helped to create an organization, Power to Live, which helped to distribute generators to thousands of homes for people who used ventilators or other life-saving equipment that needed electrical power to operate. On top of all that, she also fought to ensure that power would not be shut off again, as there were still thousands of people whose lives would be under threat should they lose power. She helped to organize all of this, and all while her health was on the decline. A fast-growing kidney cancer struck her, just as COVID-19 descended on the world. With the medical community across the globe having their hands full while trying to treat the ill and prevent infections, her surgery to remove the cancer had to be postponed. But cancer did not stop her. She would tell a San Francisco public radio station, quote, oftentimes disabled people have the solutions that society needs. We call it crip or crippled wisdom. She and some friends would use this crip wisdom to help to create solutions for the homeless population in California. They founded the Disability Justice Culture Club and were able to distribute homemade COVID prevention kits to encampments in Oakland. These included masks, hand sanitizers, respirators, and disinfectants. Food was also delivered to the encampments. With the medical community so overwhelmed, she was greatly concerned that disabled persons would be neglected as access to dialysis and other health care was under strain. She advocated that people with disabilities be given equal access to care if they became infected with COVID-19. Just before her death, she posted a video to YouTube that detailed her concerns that people with ventilators such as herself might face having their equipment taken away due to the shortages during the early days of the pandemic. Stacy Park Milburn would die due to complications from surgery on the 19th of May, 2020, at a hospital in Stanford. Sadly, it was her 33rd birthday. For my part, I just have to say that Reading about her life and checking out her blog has me wishing that I had had the chance to meet her. She seemed to be like one of those Arctic icebreakers. Despite a path being thick with obstacles, she managed, in a tragically far too short life, to cut a path through the ice, allowing her contemporaries and future generations of people to move ahead to continue the fight for equality that she had. I hope all of you enjoyed hearing about Stacy Milburn's life of activism. If you get a chance, you can find videos of her on YouTube. You can also check out her blog.
She was an awesome lady and a true warrior for the rights and liberties of marginalized people. So tell, tell me what you think about this episode by sending an email to ahistorymostqueer at gmail.com. You can even message us on Instagram at ahistorymostqueer. And there you will find pictures related to each week's subject, and I think you might enjoy seeing their faces. You can rate this podcast on Apple or wherever it is that you find my voice. Also, tell your friends about the podcast. Whether they like history or queer culture, there should be a little bit of something for everyone here. Until next week, I am Julian Rushbrook, wishing all of you a lovely week. Goodbye. Woo! <laughs>